Welcome to the Like Arrows podcast, the show that will connect you to the right organizations and resources to help you become whole, healthy, and healed in every way. Hey, what's up, people? I'm your host, Lauren Williams, and this is episode three for season one on the podcast. If you are new to the LA fam, welcome. We are so glad you are here with us. I want to open up the podcast today with a new segment called Exciting Things Are Coming in 2023. Say it with me. Exciting Things Are Coming in 2023. And I know... I know. I know we only have less than three months before the end of the year, which is crazy. I feel like this year went by so fast, but I believe there are still things to be grateful for and also excited about. So I know some of you are listening from different parts of the country. We have one listener that is in Canada, which is so cool. Shout out to that listener in Canada. But for those of you who don't know, I'm originally from the great state of Texas in the United States, and the Texas State Fair is coming up. It opens this Friday, September 29th. And when I think of the State Fair, I think of tons of fried foods. I remember one year they had fried Oreos and fried butter. The fried butter was my favorite. It was really, really good. They also have pig races, games, a Ferris wheel, and we cannot forget about the 55-foot-tall statue of Big Tex. It's like an iconic marker of the State Fair. It's there every single year. And it's so much fun. And if you live in the North Texas area, there are tons of deals going on right now. Like I said, the fair will open on September 29th and will close on October 22nd. Uh, This is not sponsored, by the way. I'm just sharing it because it's one of my favorite things I'm excited about. I had to put that in there. Um, But I cannot wait to go this year, especially since we are officially in the fall season. It will be a lot cooler and a lot more enjoyable. So if you're looking for something fun to do, head down to the State Fair this year and have some fun. And speaking of some fun, last week we talked with Nate and Michelle Ball about how God restored their marriage. And Y'all, I was blown away at their vulnerability, vulnerability, authenticity, uh, and their transparency when they shared about their road to healing and their marriage from betrayal and addiction. If you missed the episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. But today, we have a new fun couple who also went through reengage in they are authentic they are fun they are hilarious and they keep it real and the mantra for this podcast is real relatable and transparent and this couple definitely embodies that this conversation blessed me in so many ways and i hope it blesses you too and something i wanted to let y'all know for today's episode is we had some technical difficulties and so toward the end you might hear a slightly static noise i'm just telling you this so that you know that your phone or your headphones or your beats or your airpods are okay Uh, nothing is wrong with them the issue uh, was on my end so please give me some grace for that but Besides that, it is still such a great episode. I want to go back and listen to it myself, and I'm so excited to share it with y'all. So here's my conversation with Liddell and Cynthia Bugs. and without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Liddell and Cynthia, thank you guys so much for being here today. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's up? How you doing? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to um, meet with me and share y'all's story. Um, I met sure. both of you at Reengage a few weeks ago. It feels like it was a long time ago, um, but it was last month. And I was just amazed at hearing y'all's story. One, because I remember seeing you guys on the website. So I was like, oh my gosh, they're like here. <laughs> um, yes. And one thing that I really appreciated about both of you is how honest and transparent you both were. Um, and our mantra for the podcast is we keep it real, relatable, and transparent. So um, yeah. I'm just so excited to have y'all both here. Well, thank yeah, you so much for the invitation. For We're looking forward to it. I don't want to over talk my wife, but you want my bag. We want... Liddell Bucks likes to talk. I don't like to talk. It's just, hey. She hey, is I... the one with the voice. She's lying. So we just roll with it. Don't shout me down. Don't shout <laughs> me down. Okay, so let's jump right in. So we're going to be talking about, you know, some tough topics today, but 
um, I do want to keep it a little bit lighthearted and fun. And I feel like I'm going to have a sure. lot of fun with both of you. Um, so first, we'll start out with what's the funniest thing that happened to either of you this week? Or if you can't think of anything funny, what was the best thing that happened to you this week so far? You want, you want to go first, Love? I have to think. You have to think? Oh, man. The funniest thing that happened to me. Uh, woo, Lord Jesus. Um Last night I was uh, getting it in with some brothers. Uh, one of our, my, my good friends is getting married, and so we prayed over him. And we were talking about some some old times to where one of the brothers got kicked out of a local church because of of his mouth. And so we kind of we kind of talked about that. It was how it kind of unfolded, and we just said okay, because he basically said that it wasn't my fault. But as you begin to unfold the discussion, it was clearly. It was him. And so that was funny yesterday. That was the fun one for me. Yeah. No. Anything, I, guess I don't have fun in my anything life. Anything <laughs> good? Anything at all good? Love something. Yeah. I mean, you know, no, no. There's yeah. nothing. Just got woke you up this morning, huh? So I just yeah. go on your way. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, okay. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my gosh. That is really funny. Yeah. Y'all are a really funny couple. I feel like we're going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, um, I appreciate yeah. you. So the first question is, tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you both have been married, and then how did you guys first meet? I really like this part of the story, so I can't wait to hear yeah. it again. You want me to do it? You want to do oh, it? Oh, you need to do the story. Me? Okay. Yeah. Hey, so, so you say I talk too much, and then when it's time to talk, you tell me I always talk first. Yes. I don't understand. Lord, help me out, Lord. Um, but I would say how uh, we first met, uh, we met in college. Uh, UT Dallas. Uh, I played college basketball there, and and she was going to school to be a teacher. Well, first she was going to school there to be a, a doctor, and then the Lord changed the whole tune, uh, which is pretty good now. And, and now she's a teacher, of course. And and so when we first met, uh, we met at the student union, and when she walked in, as you heard the story on on the ring as well, and they had engaged, she walked in and everything just froze. The spotlight came on her and. I, I, it just everything just was was just slow. She was walking, her hair was blowing in the wind. An R and B song was playing as she was walking, and I just said, "Lord, who is that?" Uh, which was pretty cool. She smiled, and I said, "Look at that." And what happened was, is then I just said, "How are you doing?" She said, "How are you doing?" And that was it. That was how we met. That was it. <laughs> okay, so I love the story because he said his version so many times that yeah. I can feel the wind. So I can, can see the light. Come on, in the song too. And I can hear the music. Come on, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. So I don't know if he's right or wrong, but um No, I'm right. It's in my head. I'm right. Yeah, yeah I'm right. Yeah. But yeah, so um let's see a little bit about us. We've got start with marriage, I guess. We've been married 16 years. 16 years. Yeah. We have two little girls. Yes, Lord. 15 year old. Uh-huh. Eleven. Eleven year old. Yeah. Thank you. I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um so much fun in the house. Yes, it's a lot it's a lot of emotion in the house. You know, I'm the only <laughs> I'm the only uh, testosterone in the career. We got two dogs, two dogs and they're both girls. And they love you. So say say so so, so the, the Lord is with me every day because I sure need him walking with me. If yes. you ever doubt like Jesus' love, he sent you a ton yeah. of like examples. Yeah, yeah. Like Lord, just gonna I ain't gonna get no, no boy. I mean no, no testosterone. No break. Not even no dog, just 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 go, just girl dogs too. It's all good. It's good. That is so That's funny. Us. Wow. Yeah. Thank you guys for sharing that. Um, and yeah. so, um, for your two dogs, like who picked the dogs? I'm just curious. Were you guys? I did. Little bugs. I did. I I picked both of the dogs. Um, we have one small. I think she's a miniature. Was she a poodle? poodle. She's um her name is Molly. Uh she's really lazy. Like lazy. He's lazy all the time. And then we have a new dog. Uh, her name is Sadie. And we got her from the Plano shelter. And we kind of I saw her last year at the Plano uh, Bloom Festival. And the Plano shelter was there and she was in the in the little truck. And my, my daughter said, Look at the puppy. And I went up to her and we locked eyes and I said, Uh oh. Uh, <laughs> you heard the music. I just said lights. this is not good, and so uh, my, my uh, youngest daughter uh, Isabella, 
She said, can we go get her? We go get her. And as soon as we, we locked eyes, she was so happy and ran and ran. I became a person. So now I have my own Secret Service dog around the house. I can't go nowhere without, without her. Not, not the bathroom, nowhere. She has to be always near me. Yes. Me. So I get no break. It's all good, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I feel like especially at those times at any festivals or fairs or whatever, they always get you because they look really sad or they look really cute. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess yeah. I have mm-hmm. to give in. They got so you me. had that moment. <laughs> got they got you. me. They got me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you guys both mentioned Plano and Dallas. So are you both originally from like Dal- the Dallas area? No, I'm from East Texas, Lufkin, Nacogdoches, Huntington, Huntington, Texas, that area. Uh, I mean, she's from Del Rio, Texas, mm-hmm. on the border. Yeah. So we total okay. different opposite areas. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And both of y'all met at UGD while you were in school for your undergrad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yes. So can you both kind of talk a little bit about what your family of origin was like and the kind of culture that you both grew up in and also touch on how were tough topics like marriage and finances handled? Well, I'll go first and then you can go with me. Yeah. Um, uh, my family, we didn't talk about money at all. Uh, marriage, we talked about a little bit, not that much. Um, it was more surface level stuff. And so really, I got a lot of my cultivating, a lot of my teaching from the world when it came to music, movies, women, dating. It wasn't through the lens of Christ. It was through the lens of the world. And so I had to kind of balance both of the, both of me being introduced to the to the gospel through my dad and the world as well. So I, I got a I got a, a daily dose of, of of the word, which is great, but it was there was nothing compared to what I got from the world. That makes some sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, um, we grew up uh, in a Catholic Mexican household, so. For us, cultural was a driving force Mm -hmm. um, of how we were brought up. So my mom served my dad well. If my dad had things to say, we would not question. I mean, it was a Mexican household. Um, And so nothing bad with that um, because at the time we didn't know how to navigate it. So we just, you know, did as we were told. So we went to church regularly. We were um, good church going people where we would go for every Sundays. We would go on holidays we would have rosaries. Um, so we knew of Jesus, but we never really cultivated a relationship with him. So then for my upbringing, it was a lot of what my peers would tell me, what others thought. It was what I believed, what I assumed. Mm. It was what I felt. Um, and that was just from the world around me, my cousins, my friends, um, things that I would see. Um, that's pretty much what shaped my view at the time, because in our, like I said, in our Mexican household, we really didn't question or have conversations. And a lot of the times when there were issues in the family, we learned early on that whatever was shared in the family was to stay in that little, you know, Mm -hmm. square. We Mm -hmm. did not go out and share that with others. We did not sometimes didn't even share with our extended family members. It was just within our four walls. And so, you know, early on, I learned to, to, I guess, you know, hide you know, what wasn't perfect was to stay hidden and you share with others the good parts only. Yeah. And, and mine was kind of the same way. It was, it was really just, uh, what state, what state, what goes in the house stays in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all always, um, mind your own business. It was once you get a 17, get out. There was really no really deep discussion concerning marriage, finances, things of that nature at all. Uh, now don't get me wrong. We went to the local church, Maybe Wednesday and every Sunday, which was which is typical, which is fine. But um, I didn't have that that intimate relationship uh, with my father that I actually wanted and also my mother. So it was kind of a I would say roommate type of scenario. There was love there, but it wasn't intimate love. That makes some sense. Yeah, I can I can totally relate to that. And so how do you both think that? hindered you in a way when it came to entering into a covenant relationship yeah for sure I mean we brought our baggage with us sure um I remember I mean our first you know arguments our first year of marriage were on how to do holidays because my family does it this way but Mm. your family does it that way how are we going to 
handle children in the household because mm. my family does it this way and your family does it that way. Yeah. And so we brought our own views, you know, even though we did, um, once we were in college, you know, went to a Bible church, got that wisdom, you know, started chopping up the word as Liddell says, mm -hmm. we got wisdom from the Bible. But even with that, we had years of yeah. training yeah. that were already just ingrained in us. And so that was our first response. And so we had to learn to filter our cultural background, our upbringing through the Bible, and then use that to decipher like how we're going to train up our children and our house. Yeah, uh, whenever I tell everybody, whenever you get married, you are bringing history into the equation because all you have is history. You you, you actually have, depending on when you get married, let's say you get married at, at 20, 25 years old, uh, for, for, for the first 24, year, for 24 years, all you have is history. And so you bring in two people that really suck and you, you're trying to figure out how do we not suck? How do we suck less together? Uh, and that can be a, a very trying thing because when you get married, it's wonderful. You got the honeymoon, everything is great, wonderful. But then after her breath don't stink no more, uh, and 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 after his breath don't stink no more, you're like, what was I thinking? Like, why do you snore so much? Like, where did this come from? Why do you leave? Like, one of my pet peeves is when you're using the bathroom after you get finished using the, the, the toilet paper uh -huh. and you're done with it take it off, put that dog, the other one in the trash and just put a new one on it. It takes a number, but a couple of seconds. For the first six, seven years of our marriage, that was a struggle. <laughs> that was a struggle. Because you have hats, you can do it too. But but you but you were the one that finished using the toilet paper. But I left a new one right there. For no, 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 put it on, put it on, see, see we ain't, we ain't, this hasn't been resolved yet. Put it on, put it on, on the toilet roll. That's all you do. It takes that but 0.5 seconds. That was one of my pet peeves. Yeah. But it's all really? good. Now we just laugh about it. We just laugh about it now. Yeah, we do. Wow. I learned. I learned. Yeah, you, she learned. She learned. Praise the Lord. Wow. Thank you guys so much for touching on that. And it's something that I, I'm single. I think I both told, I think I told both of you guys that I'm single. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I thought even for the longest time, time too, that once you get married and you're in that white dress or you're in their tux, in that tux, everything just kind of like, goes away the past is the past and you just leave that behind and i've learned through hearing mm. hearing your story from you guys and from other couples that is just not true especially mm -mm. a lot of the unhealthy patterns that we brought in to a relationship all the negative thinking um all the thoughts and the things that we learned from the culture and one of the things that both of you touched on which i i really think this is prevalent in um, minority communities and communities of color is that whatever goes, whatever goes on in this house stays in this house. And, yeah. you know, that has to live in with the, within the four walls. But I don't necessarily agree with that because if something happens to you, that is whether it's abuse or whether it's something traumatic, I think it's paramount that you reach out to someone outside of the family and tell someone. Um, yeah. And I know that when it comes to marital issues, it can be really challenging because you don't want to, in a sense, like tattletale mm -hmm. on your spouse. Um, and so being in a re-engage group, y'all have gone through re-engage. How did you guys kind of navigate that? Well, number one, we 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 had to widen the circle. Uh as the as the as the scripture says, uh seek wise counsel. And so if you're wanting to be wise, isolation is your enemy. And so isolation got us in the situation that, that I sort of talked about. And so we had to get out of that that whole habitual thing of being isolated and invited a wise counsel and and be okay with being corrected, uh, which was fine. And and, and it's pretty cool to see how you can you can be corrected with love, mm -hmm. which was great. And to be able to understand and get that wisdom from individuals that have actually went through it, which is pretty good, and tell you, okay, now I see see you doing this, do this instead. For instance, there was one situation. To where in our story, I talked about how my indiscretion, uh, when I actually talked about it, and then she had an indiscretion. And so I'm like, wait a minute, you are getting mad about, about at me about my indiscretion, but you kind of doing the same thing. But if it wasn't for Reed Griffin, he was like, Dale, you guys are in a very good position right now to where what you're strong in, she's weak in. And what she's strong in, you're weak in. 
you guys can really galvanize each other together if you seek to seek one another. Remember, you said I do, and you became second. She said I do, and and uh, and then she, and you became she became second to you. So what's happening is if you can, if you can begin to serve one another, you'll you'll always get what you need if you begin to serve her first. And when I heard that, I thought that makes some sense. But that came from inviting in wise counsel. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, like the big shift of sharing was whenever we first went to re-engage mm -hmm. and there was a couple on stage sharing everything, mm -hmm. like from their past to when they first were married to after when they were married to needing re-engage and just hearing like all of these little bits and pieces that were similar to my story made me realize I am not alone. Yeah. And then we got into... um you know, we heard more stories as we continue to go. And I was like, oh, there's more pieces of me or, oh, there's why I do that. And I started seeing that we just don't know that we're not alone. Like, this is not only happening to me in marriage. The reason we don't know that is because people aren't sharing. Yes. And so when we went, Liddell was an amazing leader. Um, because when we went, he was like, we, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this full force mm -hmm. and so night one day one he was like here's my mess and I'm like what are you doing but um with him sharing that let me know like oh I need to share too because yeah. if he's willing to share all his junk everybody on stage is here sharing their junk I need to share my two percent and so that's when I came out about my indiscretion and shared with him and then once we shared and we were vulnerable with one another mm. we were so free Oh my lord. Like Jeez. it was this newfound love for Liddell Bugs. Mm. I was able to see them, to see him through like Christ's eyes mm -hmm. and see him love me the way Christ loves me, with me coming to him ask, asking for forgiveness. It was yeah. this amazing um evening of us just coming clean. Yeah. And then we were like, okay, that's our junk, and we're still standing. Well, let's go up from here. And so Yeah, when the text says, and you should know the truth. And the truth says set you free. That's for real. We were like, is it? Yeah. That's what we were afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of mess? And so like we lost seven years yeah. because of this, this lie. Oh. Oh, no problem. After that, I was like, you shouldn't have shown me the truth because now you created a lion now. Mm -hmm. Now, so now, now we go after, we have people in their marriages now saying, okay, hey, healing is here right now. If you're willing to be vulnerable enough to receive it. Wow, that's so good. And I'm so glad you guys talked about that um, because I was kind of going to come back and ask you, how did you, I mean, Liddell, I guess you did it first. How did you just like come in a group and say, this is all my stuff, this is all my junk? Because I'm kind of thinking if I was married, I would be thinking, do I tell my spouse I'm going to say this, that I might rat them out or that I might be sure. angry at them? Do we talk about what we're going to say before the meeting? Like, you know, how did that, you know, kind of go for you? Were you kind of thinking about that at all before going into it? Uh, no, um, because of the fact that I, my pursuit was of Christ. Mm -hmm. It was to pursue him and him alone because I've seen, I've seen the carnage of me doing it on my own. Mm -hmm. So I know that didn't work. So all I have was Christ. The one that was there through my, the, the domestic violence that I experienced when I was young with my parents, he was there the whole time. So I went to the one that always was there comforting me and he never let me down. So I said, okay, if you did this, if you had all, all these receipts, let me do it again. And so I was like, in order for me to be able to really experience true healing, I'm going to have to come clean. And so I said, I'm going to have to leave here. And I have some brothers that were behind me. So Liddell, hey man, be transparent, be vulnerable be humble and then you'll watch the Lord just show up and show out. And so I walked into, into re-engage y'all. My name was Liddell Bugs and I did X, Y, Z. This is on me. I, I mean, I actually came out with it because I wanted the people to understand that, yo, I want this healing that, that Christ already paid for. It's mine. I'm going to go take it. And if me taking it is me actually becoming vulnerable and saying, here's my mess. Here it is. I don't care what you think about because I'm here for my healing, not for your amusement. And so that's why I went in with, with guns and blazes saying, Lord, you said you're going, you said you might heal up. We finna see. And he did as he always does. 
Yeah. And I think you asked a good question. You were like, were you like scared to throw your spouse under the bus? But that is not like what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Something we like talk about and we practice a lot is like you draw that circle around yourself. Yeah. Like re-engage is great at, you know, having this um, perspective of like you draw a circle around yourself and fix everyone in that circle. And so whenever Liddell was sharing, he shared about his mess. And then when it was my turn, I was sharing about my mess. And so it wasn't like, well, Adele does, you know, such Mm -hmm. and such. Mm -hmm. Like that'll come eventually once we have, you know, a group that we can talk to and have seen us and grown with us a little bit that we have some issues to iron out. But from the beginning, it's like, this is what I did. And even if I share about like Liddell's junk, it's like, but I was the one who instigated it or I was the one who was cold or I was the one who, you know, you try to find Mm -hmm. what was it that I could have done better? Mm -hmm. Um, How is it that Christ would have, loved us in that moment of anger or you know yeah disagreement time um that's what we do we draw that circle around ourselves and we try to keep really short accounts really short accounts so in any conflict it takes two to tangle it takes two to tangle no matter if your 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 percentage is one percent own your one percent own it and allow for other to own it and the other 99 percent and then you guys come together and begin to reason together and listen to one another and serve one another. So it doesn't matter if if it's just 1%, 2%. We always say, do you have anything that you need to own? And we own it and then we move forward because we know that living in the dark, mm-hmm. that doesn't work at all because that's just nothing but chaos. But walking in truth, the key word is walking in truth, authority. That gives you the authority that you need to always be present and always um um, always be able to, to, to be transparent with your spouse at all times. This is, I, I let her know, uh, this is my, you my safe place. Uh, everything that I am, you know, I, I, and, and likewise, everything that, 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 that you may struggle with, I want to know why. So we can walk together in authority and, and begin the healing process to where we can then teach others the exact same thing. Yeah, I love that. And I love how both of you, and especially Liddell, you were just, all in from the get-go you're like this is it i i want to live in the light i want to walk in the truth um and and i love that and but i do want to touch on something that i feel like i at first when i started joining joining recovery groups i kind of got caught up in um if i can keep it real a little bit being a person of color being a black woman walking into spaces where you're the only or the few I feel like it it can be, I'm not saying it's an excuse, but for someone who is a person of color, who is um, kind of trying to break down stereotypes, it's harder to kind of, in some situations, it's kind of hard to be honest and vulnerable because you don't know how people will receive you based on how people mm. perceive you, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, it so does. I love, I love how you initially when you were winning, you were like, I don't even care about that. I just want freedom. And I want freedom for myself and for my marriage and for my family. Hey, I thank, thank you for that. And thank you for being vulnerable to say that. I would say that when it comes to uh, uh, being a person of color, um, that is not the most valuable portion of you. Christ is. Your assignment is not to be the only to be the black person in the room. Your assignment is to be a kingdom citizen in the room. That's the assignment. And so for me, I love walking in rooms to where I may be the only black person in the room. I say, oh, the, the kingdom is here now. I'm here. Let's get it in for the king. I don't care if you're white, black, Hispanic, yellow, pink. I don't care. I'm coming in the name of Jesus yeah. and Jesus alone. I, I don't, I don't, I really don't really care about my skin pigmentation because he determined that, not me. So if he determined that, that I'm going to him to, to help me define what that is. Mm-hmm. And it's been, it's been amazing to see to where, when I'm sitting down with no matter that the, the, the racial construct of the room is everyone is thirsty for the kingdom. Everybody is in wisdom. Everybody is. And so just sit back and be the dumbest person room and to sit back and just, and just be patient and wait for the Lord to open the opportunity. And then I'll say, now, how'd you come to that conclusion? And they're like, what do you mean? And I just begin speaking the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh my God. All of a sudden, color leaves the room and the king is present, which is what it's supposed to be. 
Amen. So that that's what I said to anyone that said they're struggling with that is are you are you more in love with your with your with the racial construct or the king and his assignment mm -hmm. for you? Which one are you more in love with? That's going to determine the outcome, if that makes some sense. Yeah, it does. Thank you so much for speaking to that. Yeah. And I totally agree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just stuff. And actually something I want to add, because this is these are conversations that we've had, especially with race, like sure. um, us going into different groups or being around different people and majority of the time you know we are the biracial couple sure you know um we'll start to being vulnerable we'll start to complain yeah and we'll be like why are we the only ones here like why aren't there more people like us here like what's going on and then we'll come out of that and we'll be like wow because of how we were raised because of where jesus placed us mm -hmm. because of what of where he brought us through because of what we have learned because of the way that we have learned God has given us wisdom in different areas that others have missed because yeah. of the way that they were raised, because of the way that they were, you know, where they were placed. And I think it just brings the Bible to life when it's like, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. Like everyone has a different job to do yeah. and together we create the body. And so we have different thoughts. We have different ideas because of how we were raised. We know Jesus in oh, a different yeah. light because of how our faith was Mm -hmm. you know founded with christ because of the way that he wired us that's right like all of our differences put together only allows to know him even more and to be transparent as well i struggle with that sometimes too and i and, and i'll i'll say like for instance we go to watermark community church it's mm -hmm. a predominantly white or uh, uh congregation yeah and so i'm looking at the elder board and i'm saying man that show do look non-diverse up the lord <laughs> and the lord was like according to whom Mm. And I said, whew, I, Lord, I got it. <laughs> Lord, I got it. <laughs> got it. Got it. He said, I assign elders, not you. Mm. Yes, Lord, I got you. No problem. So he checked me yeah. quickly, mm -hmm. which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Wow. Thank you both for speaking to that a little bit and also being mm -hmm. vulnerable and honest. Because like I said, sure. I think some people, especially going into groups where this being honest and transparent was not talked about um, yeah. and they didn't grow up with that. And so mm -hmm. I'm sure some people probably watching this want to go into that space, but there's some fear sure. there. So I'm glad that both of you kind of spoke to that. Amen. Amen. So um, I kind of wanted to shift gears a little bit um, and yeah. talk about where did um, sexual brokenness and betrayal come up? Um, when you guys were kind of like addressing some of the issues within your marriage and how did you guys address it? Well, I'll go first. Uh, mm -hmm. Mine came up while watching the movie by Tyler Perry, Temptation. And I'm sitting there and, and I'm asking her, are you okay? Are you fine? She's like, yes, let me watch the movie. And I, I, I got up and I went to the bathroom, left my phone on the uh, uh, on the table and and some told me, Yo, you're going to get a text message from that, from that young lady. And it, and it happened and I walked out and she said, what is this? And I had to, I had to come clean. Now get this. I didn't come fully clean the first time. Did not. It wasn't until later on after getting in with wise counsel, like you got to come clean, Dale, all of it out. And so initially there was a little bit of, of a shame thing for me. Cause I'm like, man, this wasn't supposed to happen to me, but but um, the why, the, but, but my, my brother was like, Dale, don't worry about that, man. Just, 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 I changed my number, uh, which was cool. Can't claim to her. Of course, walked in to re-engage, which was cool. And and my spiritual father, Pastor Robert Triggs, was the one who actually referred us over to re-engage at Watermark, uh, which was pretty cool. And so um, that's how it came up for, for, for us, for me, when it comes to my side of the indiscretion. And so I just said, hey. I'm glad it happened that way because it taught me that it's safe to be vulnerable which, with, with my bride because I'd never seen it before. It was This was new to me. Mm -hmm. It was very much new. But I think the Lord for going through the process. I wouldn't change it at all, not one bit. Yeah. I was going to say, or even like the guys, like um, the married um, you know, community that we had at the time, just yeah. the men who would speak into Liddell and they would say like, you having an emotional affair with another female when married, you are not the first one. Like there yes. are other people who have gone through this, but we hadn't heard of anybody. Yes. So for them to just like encourage of like, mm -hmm. I know it's not where we want to be, you know, where can we go from here? Yeah. Um, you know, in a Christ like way, I think was great. But not only that, I was gonna say, like, start even like farther back, like mm -hmm. where did this um 
Where did I like all of this start from for you, babe? Like where? Oh, easy. There was the uh, R&B, R&B and, and movies. It taught me about sex. It taught me about women. It taught me how to pursue a woman. I talked to a woman. It taught me uh, uh, how to wow a woman. Uh, it taught me about even heartache. The heartbreak fell mm. within that worldview. Mm-hmm. So that so throughout the my previous relationships before my before my, my wife, even the heartbreak fit that whole thing. And so the enemy is very deceptive of how he does things. Very deceptive. And so um that's where that kind of came from. And I didn't and I didn't really talk to anyone about it because as I was growing up, I was taught what goes on in the house stays in the house. Mm-hmm. So that right there taught me don't seek wise counsel, isolate yourself. So that was a just a foundation of just chaos coming up until I met Pastor Robert Triggs. That's when he showed me how to be a man. That's when he showed me how to be a husband, how to be a father, how to be a businessman. He told me how, 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 how to walk in integrity. How to walk with the Lord, even when you when, even when you don't feel like He's there. That man changed my whole life. He changed the structure of my whole family. He did. Mm-hmm. God used that man to do that. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I mean, it was. I mean, I remember it was like I was in sixth grade. Um, I was just up late watching a movie. I think at the time, you know, you had to pay for like those extra channels, so I was up like up late at night watching a movie on those um, extra paid channels. And when the regular movie ended, I think I had fallen asleep, woke up to an adult movie being played. Mm. And so I was introduced to pornography right then and there from age six, from sixth grade. So age 12, give or take. Um, But the same thing goes. It's like, we weren't, who was I to tell? We were told not to share. We were told not to share our junk. I wasn't open with my own parents. And so I didn't. I just kept it to myself. Yeah. And in that, that created a seed that just wanted to be fed more. Mm-hmm. And so then my parents, you know, giving me my computer in my room, trusting me, um, leaving me to myself just because I showed all of the good characteristics of a good daughter. Yeah. Um, I was able to hide in my room mm-hmm. and continue to explore. And so um, that was when it was introduced in my life and mm-hmm. on. And it was just on and off throughout my whole life that I would dive into it and then when I marry Liddell similar to your thought I was like this is it Liddell is gonna fix me I'm gonna have no more issues and that's wrong yeah um I think I did I think I stayed away for about a year or so and then when things started to get tough around us and kiddos came into play and we became roommates I'm like well I'm gonna go do what I need to do Mm -hmm. and so that's when I dove back into pornography after marriage yeah and when Liddell came clean I was super hurt. And I'm like, how could you do this? Were you not thinking about me? But in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, I am kind of doing something too. Sure. And so that's when, you know, I'm like, if we're going to do this, well, I have to come clean also. Yeah. And that's when I came clean also uh, during re-engage. I think yeah. it's like our second session. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. here's my junk. Yeah. And then yeah. after that, we're like, let's go. We got yep. this. Yes, ma'am. And we became team bugs. Sure did. <laughs> sure did. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Thank you so much for being vulnerable. I could, mm-hmm. in in a lot of different ways, I could relate to both of you. Um, one, Cynthia, with the finding the pornography, that like the exact same thing happened to me. Instead, for me, I was flipping through channels, and I was like between ages six and eight. And like like you said, it's like once you're fed that, it just kind of keeps on going. And then yeah. Liddell yeah. with the movies. Oh my gosh! Like Love and Basketball. All yeah, like yeah. all. <laughs> Yeah, you're yeah. not your head like yeah. yeah. All the RB songs, Chris Brown, mm-hmm. like literally everything. All it just, it. Mm-hmm. oh my gosh. And it's so, it's so crazy because it is like a part of the culture. And I would say it's even part of like the black culture too. But at the same time, you have yeah. to watch what like I had to learn, okay, I can't watch those movies. I can't listen mm-hmm. to those songs. Yes. I just have yes. to kind of restrict myself. So when you guys are kind of going through that process and you were kind of being refined through, refined going through re-engage, what was that initial process like for both of you and setting internal and external boundaries for yourselves and then also kind of being each other's um, accountability, I guess I should say, and being accountable well, to other couples. Sure. Um, for me, uh, we, for me, I threw away all of my R&B songs, all of them. Cause I had them on DV, I had them on CDs. <laughs> But they they they're in the track. I like no, gotta go. Sorry, nope. Uh, because my mind would wonder, 
And so I had, I had to kind of, I had to, I wouldn't mature for that uh, yet. Now I am, but back then it was not. Number two is I wanted to build up trust back with her. And so that, that was the one thing that, that Robert Triggs told me. He said, the Dale, build up trust. Trust is, is earned. It's not given. So I said, oh, okay. And so what I did was I gave her, I said, honey, here's my phone, right? I want you to, I want you to sleep on, I want to put it on your side of the bed. And so my phone will be on her side of the bed. Wow. Because uh, I want her to be able to be able to know what's going on. She got access to all my emails, mm-hmm. all my social media, all my phones, everything. When I would go to business meeting, mm-hmm. I would I would FaceTime and let her know that I'm here and who I'm actually with. I wanted her to know that I, I want to over mm-hmm. a work to, for her to say, stop it, stop it. But I wanted her to know that I'm all in and you're the apple of my eye. And for her, that meant a lot for her a lot to her to the point where she just said here's your phone I'm like yeah. why why she's like well i don't need it no more you're fine she said now I, I trust the lord that the lord is going to hold your heart in his hand he can sway it like streams of rivers mm-hmm. so as i'm pursuing the king what she was telling me i'm praying that you pursue him as well so now my trust is not in what you're doing for me it's in king jesus himself and i said <laughs> that seduced me even more for her because we now we 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 are one in heart, mind, and will. Now, that's abiding. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for her, when she told me about her indiscretion, initially, I was mad at myself because I allowed it to come into the house because of my lack of leadership. So I had oh. to own. I had to own that and say, "Wait a minute, this is because of me." Yeah, what she did was wrong, but what did I do to this? I suck as a leader. So I had to really dive into what leadership was, what the definition was, who was a good leader. Uh, and these were biblical leaders. Mm-hmm. I, I, I began it. I was listening to a lot of Tony Evans. Uh, he's my former pastor. Uh, Dr. Miles Monroe, Jack Graham, of course, Todd Wagner, uh, Ryan Nixon, John McGee. Uh, I can go up to Creflo Dock. T.D. Jakes was another one I listened to. So Jakes helped me a lot. Jakes did when it came to that, to that uh, emotions of a man. His ministry helped me out a lot. So that was me. Yeah. And for me, I think mine was a little bit harder to share with Adele as far as like, yes, he can have my phone. Um, but this was something that I could do behind closed doors when he was gone, when I was gone. Mm-hmm. So the Lord let me know early on. It was like, for for me to love on Adele, mm-hmm. it had to be an overflow of God's love. Yeah. And so I'm like, the only way that I can share with Adele show him that I am all in in marriage and not looking for other stuff. I was like, I need to be all in with Jesus. And yeah. so that meant like daily Bible study. That meant um, like podcasts in the morning when I was getting ready. That meant um, I was just inundating myself with the word, with other testimonies, with music, anything that I could to just renew my mind from like a foundational setting of like, we need to reset and go back to the beginning. Um, and I think with that, I was so trying to do good for the Lord that anything else overflowed Liddell was able to see if I was on track with the Lord or if I was off of track Mm -hmm. but not only was it that I think that was that allowed us to be successful it was our community group oh yeah we thrive when others are around us oh yeah we thrive when we are accountable we thrive when we share our junk and they're like you were wrong in this you were wrong in this how are you going to fix it this week we thrive when people are loving on us. Yes. And so our community group at Reengage when we started, they were the ones that we knew we were going to see every week. We knew that they were the ones who heard us talk about our answers mm-hmm. and would be like, "And how did you do on that last week?" Yeah. And we had to be like, "Well, we didn't." Or, yeah. "Oh, we did." And so that kept us really really on It did. on path on the path. It did. It but did. then I will share that when we got out of Reengage, yep. We went back to our old ways, Yep. meaning we had no community. That's right. We went back to being roommates because mm-hmm. we weren't practicing what we were taught. Yes, sir. And I got back into pornography. Mm-hmm. And? And I also, and the, the, the young lady reached out to me again. Yeah. And so there was a second go round yep. on the emotional affair. Yep. And wow. so we had to come clean to our re-engaged group. Sure did. And yeah. they admonished us. They did. So well. Yeah. And they were like, what is it that you did when you were here with us that made you do well? Yeah. And we went back to foundations, oh. community group, yeah. Bible study, yeah. 
being held accountable. Yeah. Um, and being honest with one another. That's right. And I think that's when we got into the the our actual communities every week. That's when we were like, oh, this is how you do yep. you do life with others. That's correct. Help you stay on path. That's why we call them, so that's why we call the body of Christ. It's a body, not an individual, not not a branch, not an arm. It's called the body. And when you when you separate it from the body, uh, you will decay. Yes, you will. And that's why we speak about our junk because we're like it helps out so much. It does. We know others need to hear it. Yeah. Come join us. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I always say, "Come on in, guys." You tell us, tell us how much you suck. Come on, let's get it in. <laughs> let's get it in. Let's go. Oh my gosh, you guys are dropping gems. The oh, I God bless you. I I wanna I wanna I wanna wrap up, but I wouldn't keep y'all on. Um, <laughs> Liddell, there's something you said. You you just said it so quickly, and I was like, no, stop! Like, go deeper. You said that when you found out about Cynthia's use of pornography, you uh -huh. at first blamed yourself because you said, yeah. "How did I, as a leader, allow this into our home?" And yes. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I wasn't even. There are some people that are probably not even thinking in that mindset of of leadership as as a husband and and protecting your home so can you kind of just go deeper into that that really just kind of struck a chord with me well god has a mandate for every man that is the man is the leader of the house that comes with a lot of responsibility and some pressure uh but the good thing is you have a good helper which is which is your wife and whenever things go wrong in the house god doesn't go to the woman first it goes to the man, the head, like Christ is the head of the church. That's why when it came to redemption, right? Christ didn't go to us. He went to the head of the church, Christ himself. Christ said, I'll go. I'll go die. I'll go do all that. And so for me, my whole eyes was on the king. So I said, okay, Lord, if you... You allowing man, which is Genesis one twenty five, let us make man our image according to our likeness, and let them rule. He didn't say himself; he said, "Let man rule." When God said that, He gave man the license to choose against Him. So, in essence, you could say that God kind of allowed for man to fail, so to speak, choose against Him. So, if God allowed that to happen, He Himself, because because that's a king, and when a king is speaking. Even the king himself has to follow his mandates, his decrees. And so when he said that, now God was on the hook to redeem man back to himself. That's why in Genesis chapter three, the text says, you will bruise him on his heel, but he will crush your skull. That, of course, was a prophecy of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And so that was God saying, I allowed them to choose against me. I alone have to redeem it back. So if that is that if if that is the mentality of, of of the king himself, it has to be mine as well. So if I allow things to come in my house, I have to step in and make it right. Right. And the good thing about it is I have the helper called the Holy Spirit to guide me through every single thing. I can then go to my wife and say, honey, I'm struggling with this. Can, can, you, can you give me some wise counsel here? I can widen the circle and say, men, I'm needing help here. Can you help me walk this out? Mm -hmm. And to be able to do that and get that wise counsel. And sometimes God may say, none of that. It's just me and you. That's happened before. When it came to the death of our son, Michael, there was nothing that anyone could tell me to go through that struggle because of the fact that mourning is different for everybody else. But it was one thing that Jason, Jason Hannah told me after I had, we had first found out that Michael had passed away. I'm coming out of the out of the uh, uh, the waiting room. She's in there crying. I just came from her crying as well. I haven't processed the trauma that I just heard. Now, and we had to go in and deliver him out of her belly. So I had to hold my, my dead son in my hands. You had a 27 week. Yeah, 27 and a half week uh, baby. And so uh, Jason Hansen Liddell, how can I pray for you? And, I, and that was the first time I could actually exhale. I said that I don't lean to my own understanding. Because if I do, I will go crazy. And so that right there has kept me through all these years. It's been four years. These four years is that right there. 
because the very one that gave me the desire to be a, a father to a son that also allowed us to have a son in the belly also allowed for him to be taken away. He's saying, Liddell, worship me. And I'm saying, how? He's saying, my grace is sufficient. And I say, Lord, your grace wounded me. He said, yes, it does. But those that I love, I chastise. Those I love, I wound, I prune. And you, he and I can share in kindred spirits because just like when it came to his son, uh, Christ, when, when he died and rose, well, my son right now is, 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 is deceased, but he's up there in glory right now. He's actually having a better time than I am, to be honest with you. Um, but the exact same time to understand that what God allows, the head has to fix. So when it came to the situation, my wife and I said, okay, I allowed this to come into my house because I did not at all pursue her to in an intimate way because my my eyes were off, were, were off the goal. So now I got to step in and fix this. So that's why, that's when I say, um, I, I suck as a leader for, to, for, that to, for that to be coming into my house. I said, sit down and say, honey, what are you struggling with? Up front, we're struggling with, we should have had this discussion before we got married. So we could have processed this, mm -hmm. if that makes some sense. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. And thank you so much for, well, both of you being vulnerable um, and sharing about the death of your son. And I, I'm so sorry sure. to give my condolences. Um, but Cynthia, I'm also um, grateful for the vulnerability, ugh, the vulnerability that you shared and saying that after you guys left to re-engage, you guys kind of fell back into old patterns and then you had mm -hmm. to kind of go back. Um, and so that really does speak to um, the level of accountability that both of you had to each other and in group. And that also shows that re-engage does work. If you work it, it works. And so can both of you kind of speak to, um, I guess the biggest thing that both of you learn and for couples who are struggling right now, how do you think it could help them in their marriage? I mean, I think one of the biggest things was like, the Bible is real. Mm -hmm. Like what it says is so real um, if you walk the path. Mm -hmm. um, I think day one, we were, we knew we were like the Bible says, I came to give you life and to give it abundantly. And so we we're like, so what does that look like? And so we started to be like, is that just like when we accept Christ or is that in our everyday walk? Is that supposed to be like in our marriage? And so we started to ask the Lord these tough questions and started living in that way that we're like, we want life and we want it abundantly That's right. in these areas That's right. because you called us to have dominion. And so right. we're going to walk in this. I mean, everything just came to life. All the pieces were put together. Um, so with re-engage, what we do there is like the first eight lessons are all about building a foundation um, on Christ. It's yeah. like, what does the Bible say? What is it teaching us mm -hmm. about Christ? Mm -hmm. How have you been off focus on what the Bible says? Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we first look at our eight lessons on just a good firm foundation. So then the next eight lessons are all about marriage. Mm -hmm. So this is what the Bible says. Now, how does that look like in your, mm -hmm. in your marriage? Yeah. So we don't start with like, what can your husband do better? It's like, what does Christ say about you know, what you should be doing? What does Christ say love is? What is actual forgiveness? How does Christ forgive? So how should you forgive? Mm -hmm. And so it's these actual principles that we all know, which is crazy because we know yeah. them. We've heard them. We've seen the stories. We've yeah. heard the stories, you know, since we were younger. But when you filter it through the marriage lens, it's different. Yes. And then when you filter it because it's your spouse that's next to you, yeah. that's a hurt, you know, that from a person you thought was never going to hurt you, mm -hmm. you know, it's a different way of looking at the Bible yeah. and wanting it to be real. Mm -hmm. um, That's correct. But it is. It is. And it's so good. It is. It is. And I would say, I always give a scripture and then unpack it. In the text is, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. I always ask people that kind of walk in, what don't you know? Because what you don't know has you here. When the scripture says my people perish because of lack of knowledge. So there's something that you don't know that you already have because of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection that you haven't discovered yet. You're here to discover all of that. And if you go all in, guys, he's going to rock your world. Mm -hmm. He's going to rock your world. We've seen 
the Lord. We've seen couples tear up divorce papers. We've seen uh, indiscretions uh, be revealed. Be shared. Mm -hmm. And then two, three weeks later, you will never known it at all, yeah. period. And this is because because the men are leading. I'm noticing that whenever a marriage is kind of suffering, what happens is it's due to the fact that a lot of the times men don't know how to lead at all. That's been the lion's share of what I've seen as, as, as a man is men don't know how to lead. It's because then I say, let's look at the history. What, what, what went on back then? And as we unpacked that history, you begin to see how they got to this point. And so what I kind of learned uh, concerning re-engage is just, hey guys, you don't know everything and that's okay. That's why, that's why the Bible said, Let, let's lean in and let's reason together. So let's begin to reason together around the throne of grace and let, 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 let the Lord's word stand alone and yeah. watch and rock your world. And I think just to piggyback on what you said about, you know, a lot of marriages are suffering with that lack of leadership. Yeah. I think whenever we've been such a good team to where whenever Liddell can see the men's view, I can see the women's view. Yeah. And I think that's why we're great at this. And so a lot of the times when the man is not being the leader, the wife is holding him accountable to be the leader yeah. when maybe the man hasn't even had those skills you know, shown to him when he was younger you because go. of his upbringing. Um, and so then we have to talk to the women or I will talk to the women and I will tell them, are you expecting him to know something mm. without him even being taught this? And they're like, well, he should know, right? That's always the answer. Well, he should know. And so when they have kiddos, it's a great example to say, well, does your kid know how to clean their room? Can your kid clean their bathroom on their own? Well, no, because I have to show them. So there has to be some sort of teaching. Yes. So with that means the patience, the patience yeah. that Christ gave us as we're being refined. Yeah. The patience that, you know, we see every day as we um, commit sins, you know, it's the patience that we need to give our spouse yeah. as they're learning to lead. Yeah. And so it's not just one. Yeah. It does take two. The time is not, the time is not the teacher. The time is not the teacher. No, not at all. Most of the culture, no matter the racial construct, believe that time is the teacher. And I always say, if that's the case, why are you here? Shouldn't you have known? Mm -hmm. They said, well, no. I said, so therefore time can't be the teacher. It's something that you don't know. There is an experience component to marriage, but there's also a wisdom component to the marriage. You're negating the wisdom portion and putting all your weight on the time or the experience. Unfortunately, you won't know anything at all that knowing the truth is going to escape you. But if you begin to lean upon the wisdom and allow for wisdom to guide you, you begin to balance that, that experience and time the, the right way. So then you can begin to teach your kids the same thing and other couples as well. That's how we've been, that's how we've been able to be really successful in, in re-engages because we're, we're just the vessels. He is the messenger. We're just, we're just the vessels all we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for touching on that. And Cynthia, I want to go to you. How were you, um, how did you practice patience and how were you encouraging mm. as Liddell was trying to learn how to lead? Because I have heard this from mm -hmm. a lot of pastors and leaders too, that discipleship, especially for men in the church, it's lacking a little bit, honestly. And yeah. so there's not a lot of spaces for men to be discipled mm -hmm. by one, one another and to grow and connect like it kind of is for women. So Cynthia, how, what was that process for you? What was that? Uh, what did that look like? I'm like, I don't want to say that it's like I was cheating, but the <laughs> Lord did seriously like wire me for sure. teaching. Yes. Like, mm. I, like Liddell said, like I was studying to be a doctor. My first, I did my two years of pre-med at school. And then I met Liddell Buds and the music and the wind and the songs. And you know, the Lord just like, I was, I want a family. <laughs> like, I want a family. I want to be at home. I want to, sure. you know, cultivate that. And so, with that, my career mind shifted to teaching. Yeah. And who would have known that my, is a guidance counselor? What is the mm -hmm. person in college? Kind of my advisor? A counselor, advisor, yeah. what it's called. Yeah. That person. Um, they were like, well, let's look at what you've done, you know, in your background, in your past. And it was a lot of like teaching um, that was just already ingrained in what I did. I have younger siblings. I have a sibling that we are seven years apart, a younger sibling. And then I have a sibling that is 15 years younger than me. And so, I mean, that was just what I grew up with. And so the Lord wired me for teaching. 
I am all about teaching. If there is something that Liddell misses or doesn't get, my first reaction is, what is it that he's missing? Yeah. So just what he tells other couples, I'm always like, so what is the one thing you're missing? Mm -hmm. So my daughters, if they don't know how to clean up their room or they forget to clean up their room, I'm like, what is it that they're missing to help them? Is it that they forget? Is it that they don't know how to do it? Let me show them how to do it. Yeah. I've shown them now. They still don't do it. Mm -hmm. Is it that they forgot it? It's on the schedule. Let's put it on the calendar. Yeah. And so I'm always building these foundation blocks mm -hmm. because that's just what the Lord has ingrained in me to like to actually teach. It was the same thing for Liddell. Yeah. If Liddell was missing like communication with me, I had to learn that he was not my enemy. I had to assume the best. Yes. And I had to be like, was he doing that to hurt me? No. He mm. doesn't know. Yeah. And so we'd have to like sit and have a tough conversation. I'm like, when you said that, I was thinking this. And then yeah. he would respond with, well, I didn't mean to get you upset. I was just in the middle of the day. Yeah. So then I would come with like, next time you're in the middle of the day, how can I get your attention? Yeah. How can I communicate with you? Yeah. And then we would build one found, you know, one foundation block. Sure. And then I'm like, now that we're able to communicate, how can I get this thing? Or so it was all always building yeah but it's just like starting little pieces yeah. and recognizing and acknowledging the good that they've done yep and building from there that's correct i mean i think men need encouragement like anybody else and we might just overlook it um i know i've done it before liddell's called me out on it or mm -hmm. he's like you encourage your kiddos at school all day long but you didn't encourage me and i'm like true mm -hmm. very true um and so they just need encouragement. I'm like, hey, I saw that you helped out with, you know, getting the girls stuff ready for school. Thank you so much. Cause that's one last thing on my plate. Um, and so then, you know, we go from there. Yeah. Just teaching. That's correct. It's a process. It is. Wow. Y'all are teaching me something. I need to oh, adopt that quality. That's so that's so good. And I feel like that's not only just good for marriage, but that's good in like any relationship, whether it's with your friends or your parents, just being being a teacher and instead of re reacting to your default um, behavior, mm -hmm. whether it's to get angry or to scream or to yell, instead taking a pause and saying, okay, what is it that they're missing? Because, you yeah. know, thinking, the, assuming the best of them and knowing that the other mm -hmm. person is not trying to hurt you, but actually helping them kind of get there in the process. Yeah. That is so good. Wow, that's Stuff. amazing. I'm like, but that's not to say we don't have our loud discussions. Oh, loud, healthy discussions. <laughs> because we do. Yeah, we do. You know. We do. But um, yeah, we come around quickly. I think one of our quickest arguments was like three seconds. Do you remember? Yeah. It was like we were mad at each other. And then it was like, can you please forgive me? And I was like, no, I was going to go first. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. never heard of a three second argument before. <laughs> yeah. We've done it. Yeah. We've done it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. So to kind of wrap up um, and close out the episode, I want each of you to answer the statement in your own, in your own way. So the statement is our marriage would not have survived if I didn't do blank, if I didn't do X. And how would each of you answer that? Our marriage would not have survived. I did not seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And watch him do all that. It's been it's been very uh, fulfilling to see, as I'm seeking the kingdom and his, and his righteousness first, he just adds on his own time frame. That's been a kind of a beautiful journey, and I'm not supposed to know how he does it because he's the king, and I'm not, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, for mine, if if I had not been vulnerable. Being vulnerable for me, I think sometimes I still tend to struggle with it. If I'm not around my community group, I'm not one to just reach out to them automatically. I have to process when I should be reaching out to them, you know, pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. So for me, it was being vulnerable. If I had not been vulnerable night to a re-engage, mm -hmm. would we have seen the growth that we have seen now? Yeah. If we had not known Jesus then, would we have been able to walk through the death of our son the way yeah. that we did with the wisdom because we had learned from our community? Yeah. Um. If we had not been vulnerable to get into community, to hold us accountable, would our children be the way that our children are? Because all we're doing is teaching them biblical principles that we've learned Yeah. that we just want them to do life better. And yeah. so for me, it definitely was being vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you both so much for answering that. Sure. Um, I feel like I learned so, <laughs> learned so much from both <laughs> of you. Oh, so thank you. I just appreciate your transparency. Um, I will be sure to drop the link 
uh, to the reengage site so people can check it out and find sure. a reengage um, a reengage group near them because there's yeah. 500 reengagement ministries in like 500 different churches across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And so I I actually remembered that um, when we were talking a, a, a week or so ago, um, you guys mentioned that Liddell, you have a podcast. So um, I do. Could, yeah. Could you kind of share with us a little bit about it? So I have two podcasts. I do one on Friday called Real Estate Live Training. We just talk about all things real estate. We go over the current market analysis, what's going on with the, with the economy, and then the right strategy to use for real estate investing, whether it be single family residence, apartment complexes, new construction, all things real estate. That's what we do because I don't like real estate. And then number two, I do what somebody called on Thursday at 8.30 p.m. called the Counter Move Podcast. And what we do is we take a topic uh, and uh, my whole thing is about leaning in and reason together and, and prescribing the right solution. So we'll look at it, unpack what's really going on and then prescribe the right solution. It could be any type. It could be inflation. It could be a, a racial type of thing as well when it comes to social social justice as well. Uh, it could be um, business. It could life. be life. It's really about really teaching life skills from a wise perspective. That's what the kind of podcast is all about. Wow. And so what was the what was the name of each of them? The first one and then the second one? Uh, first one is called uh, the Counter Move Podcast. Okay. And then the second one is just called Real Estate Live Training. Okay. Awesome. If yeah. either of you are interested, um, if anyone is interested in that, feel free to check those out. I'll make sure to drop the link below in the show notes to those podcasts. Sure. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. And thank you so much again for uh, both of you coming on. It was such a sweet treat just to hear more of y'all's testimony and story. And both of you have inspired me so much. So thank you so much for oh. being here. Thank you for the invitation. Appreciate it. We enjoyed ourselves. Yes, man. And y'all, this is a good show. Listen to it. Wisdom. Listen to it. It's here. (laughs) Thanks so much for the time. I hope you enjoyed this. If so, please share this podcast and leave us a review. If you're interested in listening to the Counter Move podcast or in his real estate live training, head over to his Instagram page and show him some love. The link to his Instagram page is below in the show notes. Next week, we will present a new resource on the podcast. If you have experienced any kind of betrayal from a spouse or partner or struggle with unwanted sexual behaviors, this resource is for you. I can't wait to share it with you because God has used this resource to transform my life. You don't want to miss it. Follow us on Instagram and let me know how this episode has impacted you. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's never too late to change. Have a great week.